Welcome back to the HRWorks Podcast, 5-Minute Friday. I'm your host, Jim Davis, and editor of the HR Daily Advisor. Uh, today, we're going to take a quick look at recruiting with a recruiting expert. What is the difference between proactive and reactive recruiting? Today's guest is sure to know. I'm pleased to have with me today, Barb Bruno. She is the CEO of Good as Gold Training, and she will be conducting a webinar with us on August 17th at 2 o'clock p.m. Eastern Time. It will be called Proactive versus Reactive Recruiting. There is a link to that in the description. The program is an hour long and is valid for one SHRM CP or SCP professional development credit and it's pending HRCI credit, which I'm sure will be approved soon. Um, as I mentioned, there's a link to the webinar registration page in the, in the description. So if you like what you hear today, consider going on over there. Thank you very much, Barb, for joining me today. It's my pleasure. Uh, just to get started, what in your words does the land, recruiting landscape look like today? Um, well, it's never been better for recruiters because there is such a shortage of talent and there's a shortage of talent at every level, you know, from entry level positions right on up through executive level positions. So the services of recruiters are more valuable now and more needed now than I've ever seen in my entire career. Wow. That's such a, uh, a great way of looking at it because a lot of people would label this a crisis, but uh, it really gives people a chance to, to show their strengths, huh? Absolutely. And every time I hear a recruiter saying it's so hard to find talent, like there are no candidates, it's just so hard. And I go, and you should get down on your knees every night and thank God, because this is when you're needed. And we know how to find candidates that other people don't. I mean, we don't use job boards. We don't use the normal resources. You know, we've got networks built up. We know how to recruit. And so I think that that's why recruiters are doing so well right now, because we can help attract those passive candidates, you know, that, that will make a move for the right opportunity. Let's talk about those passive candidates. Um, you know, sometimes when people look at a talent shortage, the the idea that may be conjured up is that there isn't anyone, but that's not entirely true, is it? Well, no, the best candidates are out there working for someone else. They're doing a great job, um, but most people don't intend to retire from their current employer. And so if a recruiter goes out there and basically has a discussion similar to this, you know, I've helped you know, 15 other people with experience similar to yours advance their career. I'd love to hear what you want to do next and then really determine what's most important to that candidate. Most people will look at an opportunity if it represents career advancement for them. Yeah, that's a really good point. I was looking at some BLS labor statistics recently, and it was suggesting that contrary to sort of popular belief that the number one reason people leave organizations is because of their bosses or managers, it's for their career, for their career goals now. Well, and it depends on what generation you're talking to, because, you know, the younger generation, the millennials and Gen Z now make up over 50 percent of the workforce. And if they're in a job that does not feel important, if they don't see how their job is helping the company attain their goals or they have no personal development, you know, they're all about it's not it's not beyond them to go on an interview and ask about where the job leads to. Like they want to see a career path. And that's why you see so many people, you know, in so many companies really paying a lot of attention to talent management. Because if, you know, someone who's a millennial or a Gen Z doesn't see advancement and they don't feel like they're being developed, um, they will take another job. Absolutely. And, you know, they could have taken that job within their organization if uh, attention had been paid. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. You know, it's something we talk about a lot, actually, you know, internal recruiting and talent development can be seen as something that will cost you because, you know, you, that person's doing the work they're doing. Um, but better to cost that a temporary loss in whatever it is that they're doing and, and a, 
achieve a gain in the the next thing they're really excited about. And you can always backfill that other position if you need to, then just to lose them and have to start from scratch in the first place. Right. And I think companies, many companies are even using AI. You know, the problem with talent management um, starts at the top and it has to be someone, you know, you can have a department manager that holds somebody back because they don't want to lose a good person. You know, when you see many companies now, they're using AI, they're determining the strengths and the career path of everyone where the manager doesn't own an employee. Even though they have a great employee, they've got to be willing to let them grow within the organization. Because if you don't, when managers are trying to protect who works for them, the person ends up leaving anyway because they hit, a, you know, they hit a blank wall. They can't go any further. So talent management is in the best interest of everybody in the organization. What's something that you're seeing so many people try when it comes to recruiting talent in this landscape and it just isn't working and it's never going to work? Um, it, it's interesting because I think recruiters for a long time, you know, we had a certain job in mind. And what's not working out there right now when people are trying to recruit talent is people are using the same resources, you know, and, and they wonder why they're not finding the talent. Well, you've got to do things differently. We've all had to pivot since 2020 big time. And right now, flexibility is the word that I hear probably 10 times a day from candidates. They're all looking for flexibility. They're looking for the opportunity to maybe work a hybrid model, virtual. You know, and the, the way that we recruited in the past just does not work right now. Um, you know, we can't be passive recruiters. We have to be much more proactive on what we're doing. But it's the candidate experience. You know, recruiters don't hire or place the majority of people they interview. They either hire or, or place a small percentage. But how do the other candidates feel about their experience? And I think so recruiters have to be very well aware of the fact that everybody they talk to should have a positive experience when talking to recruiters because those people can send referrals of people that you will hire. You know, so it's all about us focusing more on the overall candidate experience with every candidate that we talk to or interview. You know, uh, it's a really good point. One of the things that I read recently is, you know, and it certainly seems to make sense to me, because so many people are leaving their jobs for an advancement or to, you know, continue learning and developing themselves, they're often looking for a different job than what they're doing now. Mm -hmm. So if you're out there looking for whatever it is, a director of blah, 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 if you look for just people that are doing that now, you might miss out on a bunch of people that could do that job really well, but are, are in a different career. Is that something you encounter or, or, or grapple with? All the time. In fact, you know, we'll have people give us job descriptions and they're looking for the exact person that has the exact skill sets they need. And my response is always, well, why would somebody want to take a lateral move, even if it's a lateral move with more money? that's still a lateral move. And so I think what we've been trying to get people to do is, is quit the laundry list of skill sets. You know, for years, a job requisition had this laundry list of skill sets that must be there for someone to do the job. And what we've been asking people to do is give us five performance objectives. How is this person going to be evaluated in six months or a year? I want you to come back to me as a recruiter and say that was one of our best hires. That candidate is phenomenal. And since we started doing that, we see a big disconnect with the list of credentials they give us and the performance objectives. And when you get them focused on how are you going to evaluate this person, they realize people that don't have the exact title right now can do the job. And they also realize that people that have the title right now, it's not a fit. They're not going to take the job because they're going to view it as a lateral. And if they take it for more money, 
they're not going to become an engaged or retained employee because they're going to enjoy the money and they're still going to be out there looking and putting their feelers out there for a job that represents a challenge and advancement. So I think getting people to you know, really identify performance objectives. How are you going to evaluate this person in six months to a year? It opens a whole new marketplace of qualified candidates that can do the job that don't necessarily have the title today. That's excellent advice. Um, should any of our listeners be interested in joining the webinar? Again, that's on August 17th. Uh, could you just give them a quick overview as to uh, what else you're, you're going to be discussing? Right. I'm going to be training for almost an hour. And and again, I'm going to go through many different things. When we talk about proactive recruiting, I also believe that most recruiters are not taking advantage of all the referrals that you can get. So we're going to talk about the importance of the candidate experience to get you know referrals. We're going to talk about not pitching jobs to people. Um, if I've got a recruiter out there that feels that candidates don't return calls or in-mails or emails, I'm going to give you a voicemail they will return. Um, and we're going to stress the fact that if you focus on how you can benefit the individuals you're trying to recruit, they'll get back to you. When they don't call you, don't respond to an email, don't, you know, don't communicate at all, they don't see the benefit in talking to you. So we're also going to talk about how do you brand yourself as a recruiter? Your company has a brand, but how do you brand yourself as a recruiter so when you go out there, you start making a name for yourself? If you're doing a great job, everybody you've placed in a job should be your little army of recruiters out there telling other top talent to use your services, that you really help them advance their career. You know, So we're going to talk about all those things. We're going to talk about how to alleviate many of the problem areas, and I guarantee you that I'll be able to give you information that will more than triple the amount of referrals you're getting right now to top talent that you can place in a job. Well, Barb, thank you so much for, for taking a little bit of time to talk with me today. It's been a real pleasure. It's my pleasure. I look forward to um, joining you again during the webinar. Thank you. Absolutely. And listeners, remember, you can always follow us on Twitter at HRWorks Podcast. We are also now available on Spotify and Audible. Uh, feel free to, to drop by and let us know what you think, if you got any ideas or questions, and uh, we'll do our best to, to accommodate that. Thank you for listening. This is Jim Davis with HR Works.